Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers on Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Good morning and welcome to Music to My Beers. Sunday mornings, 10 to noon, Zach and Warren, we're hanging out with you and we're going to talk beer, maybe a little bit of music, some movies and some other stuff. Yeah, it's good to ha- it's good to be here, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to check in on Zach's next week of sobriety. Oh boy, it was fun. I got some disappointing messages and texts during the last week. They're like, "Man, I can't believe Zach's hung it up again." I'm like, "Well, he'll get through this. We'll join hands. We all will." Shocking revelation on the show that Zach has given up beer for Lent. And uh, all right, we're now what? A week and a half, two weeks into this. Yeah, and feeling good. Haven't had a drink at all. Not even the NA beers. I haven't done a Budweiser Zero or anything like that. I'm not going to ask you the obvious, like, alcoholic question. Have you had any cravings? But I, have you had any cravings? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh all the time. Yeah, because I, I love the flavor, like, especially of, like, a Two-Hearted or something like that that has just, like, a really good hop aroma. You let the, me smell that one last week that we split one, and I was like, oh, man. I could really go for like a bare hands Westie right about now after smelling that. You haven't crumbled. I'm not crumbled. Uh, no, I'm I'm sticking to it. You and only got what four days until St. Patty's Day. It comes up on Thursday. That's going to be the hard day because St. Patty's Day. It really for me, it's a holiday that's surrounded by tradition and you know the tradition of going to the pub and having at least one Guinness or some other kind of Irish stout, whether it be Murphy's and, and whatnot. But um, and you know what? I'm even thinking I won't cook with beer this year because I don't have it in the house. So I won't even cook with a Guinness or anything like that for my, my corned beef and hash. You don't even have any beer in the house to cook with? No, I know. Wow. Is it because you want to avoid temptation or you just thought, I drank it all, I don't want to buy any more, I'm going to wait? I'm, yeah, I'm going to wait. Yeah. So it's all gone. It's like I don't even have like a, a light beer to throw in there with that. Wow, I wish I could I know. say I was in the same boat, but I'm not, man. I had I had beers on uh, on Friday and Saturday, and I, it was it felt great. It was fantastic. Mm, I'm gonna live vicariously through you now. It's fun. I was considering tweeting out from the music to my beers account that we should everybody anytime anybody drinks anything for the next until Lent's over, they should tag <laughs> Zach in it. Just just tag him in it wherever you post it on social media. Just see. You know that everyone's out there. Oh, no, I know. Uh, (laughs) They're like, yeah, I'll just live vicariously through everybody else who's checking in on Untapped. Do you feel different? I mean, I know I asked you this the last time you gave up beer six months ago. Yeah, I I think I do. I mean, I I guess so. I have more energy and or I think I have more energy. But is that the placebo effect now? Because I'm like, okay, so I know I've eliminated something in my life. Test subject cannot discern a difference in his mental state or physical state. All right. So far, um, they say when you get when you stop drinking for any length of time over like a week to ten days that you start losing weight. But you're already a skinny guy to begin with. Do you feel any? Do you look any different physically? Mm, I don't think so because everything that has gone from like the beer cravings go into the sugar cravings. So then I'm like, I could really go for that dessert right about now. Whenever I'm drinking beer and we're out at a restaurant, the last thing that I want from whoever the waiter or waitress is up at the table is coming up and asking if if we want dessert because I don't care about dessert. But if she comes up and says, hey, would you like another beer? I'm like, yeah, yes, please. But now that I'm not drinking beer, bring on the dessert. Well, the first thing that your body does when it gets alcohol it is convert it to sugars, which is the same thing as a dessert. And that's why <laughs> those two cravings are inextricably linked. But uh, I'm proud of you, man, for keeping it up, especially as we look toward Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, St. Patty's Day. Oh, man, it's going to be that. That will be a difficult Thursday, but I'll get through it. 
the older I'll you stay strong. The older we get, though, the less you know that St. Patty's Day partying. Like when I was twenty one to to about thirty, the idea of not doing it up for St. Patty's Day would have been blasphemy. But oh, now no. that I'm forty one, I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. I'll yeah. I'll be fine. It's Thursday. I can wait until Friday. When I was twenty two, it was called Green Beer Day, and so we'd wake up at five a.m. and we'd start and we'd go just all day long. And that was that was the one day that I had to take off of radio. Like I I couldn't come in for my internship, and I was like, ah, I'm sorry. This is one of those days that uh, taking days off to off to drink is also it's it's a young man's game, man. It is. It really is. You're right. Yeah. Oh well, I I'm I'm appreciative that you're still keeping along with it and uh, and a little bit impressed, but I'll be more impressed when we do this show next Sunday. And I'm like Zach, did you make it through St. Patty's Day? Because I don't have eyes on you all the time. I know. Yeah, you got to go with my wife. She'll be my accountability partner. If you want to reach out to her, she'll 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 vouch for me. I would just, if I were you, I would try to get around it, but that's just me. I'm like, who can I hide this from easier? (laughs) One thing I did want to bring up before we get too far into the show is I read earlier this week that ACDC is getting another one of their own beers. Dude. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Outside of the three Floyds uh, collaborations that they've done over the years with various metal bands like Pig Destroyer and and some of the erosion of conformity. Conformity, right? Yeah, did one. there are a handful of, of collaborations they've done, but big, big bands, you know, bands that women might even listen to. Uh, Metallica's got their own one they've done they, when they collaborated with Stone, if, if I yeah, remember correctly. Yeah, Enter the Night Pilsner. It's yep. a good one. And uh, Iron Maiden's got a couple of their own beers out. They had a, a British bitter ale from a while ago, the Trooper, that was pretty gr- good, and now they have a new one that's on shelves at Belmont. It's an India Pale Lager. Interesting. I liked Trooper. I thought a Trooper for me was like a, the OG when it came to the It's, it's been out for a, yeah, a very long time. And the last time I had it was, was uh, geez, I want to say five or six years ago. Was but, it at a show? Iron Maiden show? No, no, it was actually it was on shelves at Belmont. I remember buying it thinking, cool, Iron Maiden, this must be great. But I didn't really, <laughs> my palate hadn't really matured enough to accept what that beer was and enjoy it. But I had it recently, about three months ago, and it was fantastic. And I thought, oh, all right, so I've I've matured a little bit more, but Knucklebones has teamed up with uh, the Great South Bay Brewery for another ACDC beer. This one's called For Those About to Rock Ale. It's going to be available by the end of the month in 33 states. I don't know whether or not Indiana's going to get it yet. It'd be so cool if we could. It's a 5.9%, and they say, and I'm going to read this directly from the press release. All right. It's a cold fermented for the cool, crisp, refreshing flavor you'd expect from a sessionable Australian lager. By combining traditional Australian brewing methods with the native Aussie hops and cane sugar, they've developed a highly drinkable beer that is true to its heritage. Citrusy hop profile, subtle malty sweetness, and a bright straw color. Ooh. It, it sounds really good. Now, I hope that they actually fulfill the description there because I want to say Guinness tried their hands at like an IPL sometime or they, they went a little off script with one of their beers. And I thought, this is a terrible beer. Yeah, and I want to say, as far as Australian loggers go, the only one that jumps off the page real quick is, I think, Foster's, Holsters, right? yeah. And that, we found out, you know, as we got older, that it's not even made or, or consumed in Australia. <laughs> no. It's just like an entirely a sheer gimmick beer. Even those gigantic uh, cans back in the day that we thought were so cool. Oh, yeah, those tank diesel-sized cans. Just a novelty thing. Yeah, there's no, there's no Foster's in Australia. There's no Subaru Outback. No? No Outback Steakhouse. Is there a red stripe in Jamaica? Please tell me yes or lie to me. I've never been, but I have to assume so. I've, okay. Because you know, I, I wonder if that's a gimmick now, too. There's there's a few beers like that. You think Corona? Corona's probably not that big in Mexico. When I went down to uh, Mexico a couple of years ago, we, we you would go up and you'd say Corona, but you knew full well this is not a Corona that you're drinking. 
like maybe a Modelo Especial or maybe whatever, you know, their version of Miller High Life is. I'm amazed that more bands don't get into the beer game because it seems like such an easy slam dunk, especially oh, yeah. like if you're a band from Boston, why wouldn't Sam Adams do something with you? If you're a band from from Tampa and there are a load of metal bands down there, you've got Cigar City, you've got Cycle in your backyard. I know that Three Floyds does a great job of it because the guys behind the, the Nick Floyd and the gang, they're all massive, you know, heavy metal fans. Todd the Axeman. Oh, yeah. It was has was in bands. Uh-huh. So it, it it's weird. But um, I thought the Metallica stuff was OK. Yeah, it wasn't fantastic. Uh, but it was as far as loggers go, I thought it was I thought it was all right. And I haven't had the new Iron Maiden lager yet, but I am looking forward to try the ACDC one. I couldn't find they've done three or four beers before, mm-hmm. but it just it seems weird to me because ACDC like there are bands you know that are just full of booze hounds. Oh yeah, and uh, ACDC not one of them. No, like Angus was famously sober for a long time. Malcolm had a problem with alcohol that some say maybe led to his early onset dementia. But oh. um, yeah, I'm just I'm surprised more bands don't like you know well, De- Detroit would be a great one. Kid Rock did a beer. Oh yeah, and uh, it was it, I think they still make it. It's it's badass beer. I don't, I don't know that I've ever had that one. I remember when it came out, but I, I haven't had that one. Yeah, it wasn't sold in cans or 40s, or it was just sold exclusively on tap or in bombers. And I was working in Grand Rapids at the time when that, that came out, and it was the release in Grand Rapids was coinciding with Kid Rock's concert that night. Oh, okay. So it was for sale at every bar downtown. And we went down for the show to get ready and get excited to pregame, and I thought... I'll have a badass beer, and it was without a doubt. And you could look around and watch everybody after I tried it. Because huh? I tried it, and it was horrible. It was oh, one of the worst beers. <laughs> it, it was very in that Stroh's vein, that like mm. awful sort of just, why would, you wouldn't order it out anywhere. Right. But you could look around the restaurant and, and different bars downtown and see when people would take their first sip, and they would do that thing where it's in their mouth, and they hold it for a minute, then they swallow, and then they look down at the bottle. And I just thought, yeah, uh-huh. this, this is awful. But, I mean... Other beer collaborations, I'll, yeah. I'll have to do some digging and see if there's there's anything that I'm missing off the top of head. My brother did one. He did one he, where he actually has Ooh, a brewery. Wait. Super indie band, right? Super indie, electronic, kind of that 80s synth vibe. Oh, you yeah. Know? Uh, he did one with The Midnight. And the, these guys, one of the guys is from Atlanta. The other one's from L.A. And uh, my brother actually had to reach out to them to say, hey, could I do a beer for you for the new release that you have coming up? So it was like he was doing his own research without the band, and the band gave him permission. The one guy, the lead singer, came out to the brewery for the release and then was able to perform there. Um, but it was called The Midnight, and it was their dark versus light beer. So he had one stout and then one like light pilsner that he had on tap for them. Uh, my phone's blown up right now. I forgot even about this. Rush has done a Canadian <laughs> golden ale back in the day. Oh, uh, Run the Jewels has done several beers in the last couple of years. Yeah, who did they? I feel like I've had a Run the Jewels beer before. Yeah, I think you can get them in Chicago, or you could at the time. Uh, it was with uh, a lure, maybe, or somebody. It wasn't. It wasn't a typical brewery, you'd think. But I do remember a couple of those. And uh, Sticks had a beer at one point. Whoa. Uh, they they teamed up with some some collaborations with uh, craft brewers. So I guess Anthrax had a uh, variance pale ale. They teamed up with uh, with a brewery. Yeah, I guess. Man, I haven't done my research at all before the show today. There's a load of these. <laughs> and the new Iron Maiden one. It's it's Hellcat. Uh, it's the India Pale Lager, but it's their they teamed up with Brew Dog. Oh oh okay. Well that that would make sense too from like all the different descriptions because I know Brew Dog is like. They're a European brewery that just so happened to come over and, and blow up in the U.S. and then they made the Brewdog Hotel and 
it, those two guys had their show for a while, just like um, the guy from Dogfish Head. Megadeth has teamed up with Unibrew for a Toot Le Monde. Ooh, which is also really? weird because Dave Mustaine was you know a huge. He drank so much he got thrown out of Metallica, but he stopped drinking for a long time. Are they Canadian, Megadeth? No. Oh no. Is that that Unibrew is a Canadian brewery? Uh, the National teamed up with McKellar. Okay, that, that go figure, right? I I know they're an indie band. I don't yeah. really know anything else about <laughs> them. And uh, Run the Jewels has teamed up with Interboro. Okay. Uh, Rancid teamed up with Ska Brewing for a, a beer called Brew Stomper. All right, so this is... Yeah, there's uh, a lot of beers out there with bands. Yeah, they're just not widely available. But if you have a favorite band, maybe check into it. And, uh, and of course, there's always you know three Floyds to be counted on for their latest collaboration with Pig Destroyer. And now, a thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with Music to My Beers, B-Movie. This week, B stands for... The Batman. Oh, my goodness. The new Matt Reeves-directed next take on The Dark Knight, starring one Robert Pattinson as Batman. You've seen this movie, so I'll let you take it away. I went the Friday night that it opened, and it's three hours. So that's probably, give or take, a couple while you're in the theater. If you're you're okay with using the bathroom break and then going and refilling. Um, Speaking of, you know, the whole Lent thing and giving beer up, I, I had two Coke Zeros throughout the movie. That I just sipped on. Um, but for three hours, it definitely felt a little long. Like there could have been some stuff that they took out of it. But it's still one of the best Batmans I've seen ever. One of my friends uh, who's a huge nerd saw it and said that he <laughs> felt like it was a solid movie, but they could have shaved 45 minutes off it. Yeah, I could have seen like four, 30 to 45 minutes could have come out of that movie. There's a lot of like stuff that just included in the director's cut. It, it's unnecessary. But as far as all, as far as Robert Pattinson being the Batman, I'm all about it now. More, more so than Ben Affleck, who I was not excited about, and then I was right about that. He was a terrible Batman. Robert Pattinson, he played so well into a younger Bruce Wayne. He's only two years into being the Batman in this movie. Okay, um, and it starts out Halloween night, and over the course of the film, it's only like five or six days because he ends his journal on November sixth. So it starts Halloween night. Everybody's in costume and stuff, and then all the action is happening. But it's like more of a detective-like Batman. Batman the Animated Series was kind of that neo-noir. Yeah. Very much like that, plus Tim Burton, a little bit of Christopher Nolan. Um, and then it had its own flavor, too, which was really cool. So what do you give it? Uh, well, I'd probably give it two. I would give it two because it was... Still not my favorite Batman because I'll always go back to Michael Keaton and be like, he was my OG Batman um, that I grew up watching and was super excited about. You know, there was a recent poll about a week and a half ago when the movie came out of who America's favorite Batman was, and Ben Affleck won. That is the weirdest thing to me. I think it's or I think it's recent history, or like recency bias. Okay. Like, he was the most recent one, so of course everyone's going to love him. Oh. See, I think he'd be good in a, like an older Batman role, like if he was like a retired Batman um, much like, you know, Michael Keaton's getting up there too, but Michael Keaton to me is when we talk to our generation, he's like the most favorite. You talk to like my brother-in-law who's 10 years younger than me. He loves, he loves, uh, uh, I'm blanking on Christopher Nolan's Batman, Christian Bale. Yeah. That's his Batman, you know? Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I'm not a superhero guy, but I love Batman movies. And I have, you know, like you said, like since I was a kid, because the, the Tim Burton ones were the first big two Batman and Batman returns. And we saw him in theaters. It was a huge promotional push. Every McDonald's kid, had the kits oh, and stuff. Yeah, every kid was wrapped up in McDonald's. And it, at the time, I thought it was the coolest Batmobile I'd ever seen. 
But I've enjoyed each iteration of it since. I thought uh, Val Kilmer and George Clooney each kind of brought their own something to it. I didn't mm-hmm. think the movies were terrible. No, but what I really liked, good. and I was living in St. Joe at the time when the first uh, when Batman Begins came out. Oh yeah, and I didn't know a whole lot about what what that interpretation of the character was going to be. But I remember walking out of there and thinking, "Man, that's awesome!" Yeah. Like <laughs> the grittiness, the realness. Uh, what's his name? Killian Murphy. It winds up being the Scarecrow. Like yeah, that whole. And I thought it was it was brilliantly done. And then the next installment, that whole trilogy was awesome. And I went and saw Superman versus Batman. Super long, but I I liked it, and I'm, I haven't seen this movie yet, and I don't know what my aversion is to movie theaters, because it was like a year or two before COVID. I just quit going to the theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. I I work an easy schedule to get out and go check out a matinee. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can save a couple bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's four bucks, and it's you know in the middle of the day when no one's there, but I just, I, for whatever reason, I haven't. But I do need to check this out before it leaves theaters. Um, Three hours, I can totally do. But for the Dark Knight, I'm going to give it one Dark Lord variant. Oh, yeah. I've got five or six, and I've got to pick one of them because next weekend I'm going to uh, visit some beer friends for a fancy dinner party. Ooh, so what So what are you going to pick? Probably, i got a couple of different years of French Vanilla Militia. Okay, So yeah. I, want to, I want to get into one of those before the vanilla falls off too much, but I know I'm going to love this Batman because it's almost a foolproof character. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the one knock I always had on Superman is that it was... Like, you know, when you're a kid and someone says, like, times a million, well, times a million plus infinity t- plus one. <laughs> That's kind of like the argument you get when you think about somebody who wrote Superman. Like, yeah, he's got infinity strength and he could fly and he's bulletproof and he's got x ray vision. Like, he's got all the powers. He's, you know, but, but Bruce Wayne in the Batman was always, was always cooler because he had the gadgets and he was, he was a human being. Mm-hmm. He wasn't affected by radiation. He just, you know, had some training and had unlimited wealth at his disposal. So I always thought he was, you know, easily the best superhero character among them all. And he's more of a detective too. So he kind of he figures out the riddles and the clues and stuff. Versus Superman, Superman is just going to bust through a wall. Yeah, and I think the the last what was it Brandon Routh when he played Superman. Those were the last the last movie or two where I thought, all right, oh yeah, this whole movie is just him straining. Like at the end when he stops the Earth from moving and reverses it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's a fifteen minute straining sequence. Like here he is, he's pushing so hard, but. I'm going to give it one. I know I'm going to love it. I'll make sure I'll see it in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. There's our B-movie for the week, The Batman. The one great thing is that we not only have a page that you can like and follow along with anything that we have posted there, but the group, the group, it's like a collaborative effort where many people come and bring in either what they're drinking. um, Also, if you've got a really sweet haul from some out-of-state place and a brewery that none of us can get you can just rub it in our faces or or post a chug video yeah and maybe uh you know about 20 minutes ago 30 minutes ago you heard us talking about beers and band collaborations and thought hey there's a couple that i like that i haven't been mentioned yet and you can uh throw up a picture and say hey you forgot about these boys absolutely and we're on twitter so you do a really good job with us at mtm beers uh posting upcoming news and and different things that are going on uh with with the show and with different uh releases and stuff like that i try to get breweries to like our tweets and hope that they like shoot me a dm and say why don't you come in and have an entire day of beer merchandise for free and do they get back with you oh uh, no oh no, i've uh not at all so. mom where you at goose island yeah but if, <laughs> but if, hey, if we open the news feed and see some beer news whether it's release news or anything like that we definitely retweet it so we, we try to share all the beer news we can get and uh this show's also podcasted if you want to mondays every monday around lunchtime just jump on to wherever you get your free podcast, and you can get this show 
minus the music, which mm-hmm. condenses it down to about what forty ish minutes, forty five. Yeah, we're we're good for a good solid forty minutes. So it's, I mean, and it's fun too because we we have all the regular features and stuff in our segments, and that's all included. So you really the only thing you're missing out is the music, the jam sessions. Yeah, Beer Shirt Thursday. You can also yep. follow us on uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Untapped. Untapped. Well, you can follow Warren right now because he's checking into stuff. Not me, though. Zach's untapped is like a barren garden. There's there nothing sits. there. Have you even opened the app since you stopped drinking for Lent? No. No, I actually have not. I yeah. So I've been really bad like with releases and stuff like that and seeing you know what we can get in the area. Um, you can follow me at Dad Beer, so it I'll is, open it. <laughs> hey, have you ever opened up your, your phone and when you had a minute you're bored or, or waiting to kill time and, and seen how far you can scroll back in your, your cloud photos? Yeah. And just like you, you see things you forget about. I've started doing that with Untapped. Like I'll open it up to log in and do beer, but I'll just take my thumb and scroll as hard as I can back in my profile and see like what I was drinking around this time three or four years ago. I do that frequently. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cool because I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about that beer in a long time or wow, they don't brew that anymore. But it's also a little cringy because I think it's like your Facebook memories. It's like on this day and you roll back and it's like the further you go back, the more embarrassing your status update is or right. a meme you shared. <laughs> Yeah, everything everything for me five years ago and and earlier, I can't believe I, it was the dumbest stuff ever on the internet. But my reviews for beers three, four, five years ago, just as bad as my reviews now. Just oh, I was going to say, have they gotten any better? No, no, <laughs> just, just as ham-fisted and, you oh. know, stone palate as ever. Like, <laughs> this is lit, bro. So I'm, I'm going to, for the split one that we have coming up next hour, I'll go back and I'll do that with my phone. All right. I'll just scroll and I'll I'll land on something that I had maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'll, and we'll uh, and, and you could do that next week when we celebrate the show's seventh anniversary. Oh boy! And I thought uh, I would bring one that you gave me a while back, and I had had not felt I mean, compelled to open. And it's okay that you have not felt compelled to open it because I understand where you you sit with these. And typically, this is not one that I'd bring back. Only I found it over the Christmas holiday when I was down in Atlanta, and I was like, "This is amazing!" It comes with Four different types from uh, Harpoon, and I thought this. I'm I'm going to share it, the four from this pack. Harpoon teamed up with Dunkin' Donuts to create a line of Dunkin' Donuts inspired beers. This one that I'm holding is the Harpoon Dunkin' Pumpkin. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's an ale brewed with lactose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon, not bad. Coffee, all right. Pumpkin puree. Ah. Now we we talk a lot about the show every fall when Zach starts. You know. His, uh, his love songs to pumpkin ales. I do love the good pumpkin beer. That The problem I have is that it's the actual flavor of pumpkin and not the pumpkin spice that you think you're getting. Mm-hmm. I think a nice like winter Belgian ale that's loaded with pumpkin spice goodness would be fantastic. But the fact that it's always like that gordy. Yeah, they throw in the actual fruit that goes in the beer. Um, for me, for me, this one, uh, from what I remember having this, because it, it was about two months ago. Um, it wasn't my favorite. It was probably my least favorite from the pack just because it felt a little out of season. But um, I thought that they did a fantastic job with the, I want to say it was a green matcha IPA. That's a solid one. So if you haven't had that one yet, definitely drink it. But this one, I'm I'm curious to know what you think of this pumpkin. It's 5.2%. Okay. The nose I'm getting immediately is, and and I'm trying to remember what, circumstances led us to talk about this but that smell that you used to smell when you'd walk into four horsemen brewing downtown oh yeah you know, that yeast all those many years ago mm. you get that same and here you you can smell it without yeah. having to drink it 
I don't know what the strain of yeast is or what the malt, but it's that same like it's it, it's not one thing that I, I've noticed about uh, yeast strains too is that every brewery kind of has their own, which actually helps with the flavor too. Bear Hands has theirs, Bell's has theirs. What do you think? It's not bad. The body is is not too thick. I would have thought that they, the the lactose would have added something to that, but mm-hmm. I think I think it thickened it out just a tiny bit. It's not thin, but it's not too thick. Kind of sweet, like a pumpkin pie, a little bit, but yeah, without the pumpkin seasoning. You don't get any cinnamon in the nose, but you get it on the first, the first part of the finish after you swallow it. The first thing you get is that cinnamon rush, and then slowly that pumpkin starts to reveal itself a little bit. You get a tiny bit of coffee, so it kind of goes cinnamon, then a little bit of coffee, and then that pumpkin. But it's it's a softer pumpkin gourd taste. Oh yeah. I'm not going to say that I like this, but this could be among the least worst of the pumpkin ales I've ever had. Really? Okay. Well, that's that's actually a, a decent thing. And you're right. I think if I had if I had consumed this outside, raking or with burning leaves off of the distance and that smell, I, I might even give this a little bit higher of a mark. But it's not going to make me a pumpkin ale convert by any stretch of the imagination. But I do no. like. I think that lactose softens it up a little bit and if this was a little more cinnamon forward mm-hmm. and covered up a little bit of that gourd i would i'd probably like it a little bit better um we do have to note too that you can't get this one around here harpoon doesn't come into our area anymore that's another reason why i was pumped you brought it back from Atlanta. Yeah. i thought all right well here's something i can't get here that i'll be able to try and uh while i'm having another sip of this what would be um Something from Untapped that you would have consumed uh, around this time back in the day or whenever. Um. Oh man, I probably would have had like in March three years ago. Yeah, we'll say that. Okay, we go to March of Founders Devil Dancer. Hey, is that a blast from the past or what? That's one of their uh, one of their beers we haven't talked about in forever. I know, and I feel like it's a it's part of the typical releases and stuff that they do. Um, they may over have, the course. They may or, have discontinued that. Man, shoot, that was such a good one too. Oh, I throw. I would definitely have a devil dancer. What'd you rate it? Uh, I gave it a four to five. Well, all so, right. So four, yeah. four and a quarter stars. Not bad. That one. That one's pretty good. So many different good beers. I'm torn because I can either bring another Harpoon uh, Duncan beer next week for the split one, but it's also our seventh anniversary of the show, so I kind of want to bring a really great one, but it can't be too big of a format bottle. Bring a special? Otherwise, i got to bring an outside help to help finish it because you can't have any. No, but also, I don't. I don't want it to be one of the ones that I only have one of, and I'm like, oh, Zach, you could have tried this, but you missed out because that seems like kind of a jerk move. You could do that. It's like there's totally a devil on one shoulder, and then do there's it. like a devil on the other shoulder. No, go ahead. You can do it. Well, there's our split one for this week. The Harpoon Brewing Duncan Pumpkin Beer. Side. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we bring you our staff picks. We put together a six-pack, Warren and I, and we have three different beers that we throw in here each. And are we going to do something a little different this time around? Where we throw in stuff from the past? Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. For you sure. want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay. So, blast from the past as we're looking at this. I mentioned Devil Dancer in the last segment, but another blast from the past um, that I had was the 14 Buck Chuck from um, uh, Burnham Brewing Company. I haven't had that. I know it's a play on um, Trader Joe's and their 2 Buck Chuck, which is now like a 4 Buck Chuck, but that one, um, it's an American Pale, and I don't know that I've necessarily seen it around in a while, but I would throw that one in the bunch. Um, the next one that I'm going to put up there is the uh, milkshake stout from Rochester Mills. They came into our area probably three or four years ago, 
and that was like a really good milk stout with like chocolate and um and cocoa nibs and some milk sugar and stuff and lastly this one we haven't talked about for a while but there was a bourbon barrel aged imperial neapolitan milk stout from Sagatuck brewing company Sagatuck was kind of one of the first ones where it was like ooh, this is a really good pastry ice cream stout whatever you want to call it where you get the strawberry and the yeah, chocolate yeah. and vanilla um but i remember that bourbon barrel age uh imperial uh from it it was like it kind of had some heat on it from the bourbon, but then, I don't know, it really bounced well with the the chocolate and the strawberry, too. Yeah. That, so those are mine. Uh, one that I had a long time ago that I was really, really pumped about is I walked into, if you walk into Hop Station Craft Bar at the right time, you don't know who's going to be there, but you also don't know what beers are going to be on. Uh-huh. And I happened to be in there when I got to try one of the greatest uh, bourbon barrel aged craft beers of all time. People were there sharing a bomber of the 2014 uh, Bourbon County brand Stout Vanilla Rye. Ooh. Yeah, so I, I walked right up, said, hello, my name is Warren. and uh, <laughs> Let me introduce myself. Yeah, and, and they let me have some, and I thought, now I understand why that beer is held in such high regard. Um, it, was, it was fun to see how well that flavor holds up, mm-hmm. but also you get a lot, you, you understand a lot more about why why other beers are compared to it, especially like Goose Island, because there were a couple of years when any anytime Goose Island came out with anything, it was always um, good, but not as good. Well, and let me ask you this too. So that was the 14. How many years after did you try that one after it had been released? Was it five years uh, afterwards? Or? Six. It was okay. It was after the pandemic. It was shortly after all everything started. To open oh, up wow. Again. Okay. Cool. Uh, the next one I'm going to throw in is one that I had uh, a couple of weeks ago that I was I was really impressed with. And I want to have some more of it. I think I mentioned on the show last week the Haze Head. I have I, I had found one in the back of the fridge earlier this week. Earlier this weekend on Friday, I thought, hey, because I went back to go buy some, but I couldn't find any. And I hope it's not one of those beers from Hoosier Brewing Company that pops up. But it's their yeah. overca- their overcast double dry hop doing that IPA. Oh, that sounds good. It's great. Mm. It's a triple, and it's it's so powerful. And you know, um, it's one of those beers you drink, and your face starts to get really really hot. Oh yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> The last beer I want to throw in, it's not necessarily a throwback, but I had a chance to uh, head out and, and try the uh, the Harper's Bar and Grill on the south side of town. Uh-huh. I was there last tail end of last weekend. My wife and I went, and uh, I had a, a Modelo, but I couldn't help but notice. And I may never have the stones to do this, but you can order a glass 40-ounce bottle of St. Ides. Oh, man. <laughs> Were people drinking it out of the glass? You can drink it out of the glass. You can get a glass with it or a bottle. But I just remember thinking, like, what kind of night are you teeing yourself up to have? Ooh. If you're drinking a forty of St. Ives, I was there at like six o'clock in the afternoon or in the evening, so I wouldn't have oh, you man. Know, I wouldn't have dared torpedo the rest of my night, but I thought that has to be the only bar in town where you can get that. That's and that for me was the the college life. Like we would bring back the forties of St. Ives, two per person, and I mean we did the Edward Forty hands and stuff. But I haven't done that since, to be honest. No, St. Ives was was pretty decent. Our our uh, we had two of of forties of choice. It was King Cobra. I was gonna say King Cobra was another one too. And we also drank a, a unholy amount of Old English at the house that I lived at. Ooh. And I don't know. And maybe it's the fact that you're younger and your guts seem to handle more. But it's funny because I drink beers now that are higher in alcohol by volume mm-hmm. than a lot of those malt liquors were. Like King Cobra back in the day was. You know, a really powerful forty a beer, but it was only like six percent or six and a half. Yeah, it's not you it's know, a lot of it though. Yeah, well, a lot of it, but it's funny how you know you drink beers now. Like 
King Cobra isn't that much more powerful than this Harpoon Dunkin' Pumpkin I'm drinking right now. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how much better tasting the beers are than those malt <laughs> liquors. And and I know I could easily leave the show today at noon, run past a Belmont, grab a forty of something just to see what it tastes like, what I think of it now. But I I just I can't. No, because I I know you. You know, there's everyone has that liquor that you can't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. You get you see the forties of malt liquor, and you can sort of in your nose imagine what that's going to smell like, and you just you don't know. We should do a malt liquor show here. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that, we'll have to wait till Lent's over and Zach can get back on the horse and giddy up. Do you remember DKML from Founders? Yeah. Woo. Yeah, that was the uh, the craft brewed malt liquor. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it did. Like it was really good. But I remember just opening that up, and then immediately the room smelled like alcohol. Like it it was powerful. We had there was a there was a forty of malt liquor called Crazy Horse back in the day, and it had a uh, an old timey like. Palomino horse pattern on the bottle, and you would open it, and somebody would ask inevitably, you know, is somebody sick in this room? Oh yeah, and it was funny. just because you opened the bottle, didn't even drink it. So maybe we should, maybe we'll do like after the after the anniversary show next week, we'll have like right before summer gets into it's like nice big a malt liquor show. Yeah, we'll have like the malt liquor. <laughs> It'll be malt liquor to my beers for one week here, <laughs> and we'll go out and get as many forties as we can, and we'll invite people in. Ooh, yeah, and see what people think. See if you can guess. Do the blind taste test, you know, like they do with certain beers of the light beers. Like this tastes like puke, and so does this one, mm-hmm. and so does that one. It's Colt Forty Five. Yeah, it'd be fun to get into the brewing process and find out why malt liquor tastes the way it does. Like what's steps do they skip or what did they skimp out on to make beer that has a decent amount of alcohol in it and taste you know and it's on on strength par with a lot of our favorites but it just it's so gross i think quality of ingredients would be one and personnel would be two because if you think about it i'm sure they've got machines that just it's like a factory where it's like you've got one guy named bob who's just working the floor making sure that everything's okay more of a maintenance type and i'm sure it just goes through and yeah, that's that. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like when you go to a craft brewery where they'll show, like, if you're nice, they'll show you around the operation. Like, yeah. they're not offering old E800 factory tours. No. <laughs> they're like, here it is. You're like, this. there's no one here. Yeah, it's it's all automated now. Do you like to check in before the show ends each time you're on one of these no-drinking benders and find out what the palate craves this week? Mm. You're looking down the barrel of St. Paddy's Day coming up on Thursday. You haven't had a beer in about two weeks now. Today, Sunday, temperatures are a little bit warmer. We had an awful day yesterday. What uh, What is on the Zach Miller mind? If you could go out and have one today, what would it be? You know, to be honest, I I really could go for, it's it, weird. It was a two-hearted last week. It was a two-hearted, and, and really it's going to be, I would say, just like a, an all-day IPA, really. Just something like with a little more of a hot bite. Maybe even the all day haze because I had that. Um, so was what a month you're saying or two ago? so far is that sobriety has given you quite the taste for West Michigan brewed alcohol. Basically, yeah, I want to go just a little north of the border and and have something good off the the tap up there. Yeah, I I would say some, something along those lines. Not really. I'm not quite in it yet for like the wheat beers. Like I, you know, I know Obron Day is coming up and everything. And I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, but I, I always go for a stout on St. Patrick's Day just because it's tradition. Um, but I'm not really craving a stout right now. Interesting question to Zach Miller. Because of all the recent sanctions on Russia in light of their actions against Ukraine, is it 
moral for you or I to enjoy a Russian imperial stout as long as this is going on? Uh, probably not. We should probably just like what we did. We changed French fries to freedom fries. We oh, yeah. Freedom imperial stouts. Yeah. What did uh, what did they call sauerkraut back in the day? Liberty cabbage. Yeah. During World War II. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm being facetious. I just thought, no. hey, we should at least acknowledge it. I know that yeah. uh, the last couple of weeks, the Stoli has officially changed the name of their vodka to Stoli only, oh. and not the long Russian Stoliknaya. Yeah, because they don't want to be associated with anything Russian. Well, I think uh, one of the good things too is if you make Russian Imperial stouts or you have some tie to you know a reason to make them. I think that giving some of the proceeds or benefiting some Ukrainian mission right now would be um, of good will. Um, you know, I ran into some friends of the show, our, our buddy Uncle Lair, a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me what a, what, he's never met you, but he said, what a nice guy that Zach must be. I heard him on the beer show talking about his tithing and his giving and his efforts for St. Jude's and, and all the good charitable works he does. And I, and I tried to convince him that you're a pretty big scumbag in real life. I really am. But then, <laughs> then you come back this week and you're like, and you know what? If you do drink Russian Imperial Stouts, hey, maybe chip in a few bucks for Ukraine. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> Well, I was just saying, I see it all over Facebook and everything. Everybody's got, you know, their, the coffee of the week that all the proceeds go to Ukrainian refugees. And I'm like, no, that's a, that's a worthwhile cause. So, so maybe that's an idea for breweries around here that if you've got a Russian Imperial Stout, there you go. Ukrainian refugees. You heard it here first. Music to buy beers. And I won't drink it yet, but. (laughs) (laughs) Give until it hurts. All right. All right. All right. When it comes to the drinking weeks ahead, some things that we can look forward to. This one this week will not be something that I cannot drink at because it's well outside of Lent. And it was just announced the Junior Achievement Wine and Beer Festival is happening May 20th. It's going to be from 6 to 9, but they've got some VIP admissions at uh, 5 p.m. So you get that extra hour, plus there's like a premium admission, designated driver tickets. The cool thing, though, is is that if you want to um, try a bunch of different stuff, there's 75 different wines, beers, and hard seltzers that uh, you're not going to find anywhere else. And it's at Four Winds Field, so... Yeah, it's a great time. If you've never been, they have music pumping over the sound system. There's uh, there's so fun cool. stuff playing on the, on the TV, on the big the big screen in the middle of the field. But also, it's all along the concourse. So even if it rains that day, all the vendors are underneath a roof, so you're not getting wet. And, you know, it's it's great because it's in May. You're outside. You feel yeah. good. Oh, so May 20th, mark your calendar for that. Um, the other notable date to put on your calendar that I cannot drink in is Oberon Day. That is March 21st. So you can start finding that at your local bottle shops and everything um, here in the area. And last but not least, the most important days of day drinking that we have coming up. Obviously, this Thursday. St. Patty's Day. Find a place for a good pint of Guinness. Yeah, I know everybody's going to be open and celebrating, so it doesn't matter where you are in the corner of the listing area. Be it Goshen, be it Elkhart, be it downtown South Better Mishawaka. There's a place with a pint with your name on it, so get out, celebrate responsibly. Absolutely. And uh, and you know what? When you're having one this St. Patty's Day, raise one to Zach Miller. Cheers. <laughs> then post it on social media and tag him in it so he knows you're having fun without him. I know. Oh, I'm, man. I'm a jerk. I'll get over it. No, that's okay. Another week <laughs> in the back here at Music to My Beers. So on behalf of Zach Miller and myself, cheers. cheers. Music to My Beers. Brace yourself, folks. Here's a quick taste. On Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Podcasts by Federated Media.